Welcome to the American Scouser podcast. Uh, we're back with another pandemic edition. My name's Chris. Uh, with me, I have the OG, Pimuchin. How you doing, mate? Uh, what's going on? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. And uh, new to the podcast, uh, but not new to American Scouser, we have uh, journalist and blogger, Katie Siragar. How you doing, Katie? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Awesome stuff. Well, it's Sunday, I think. And... Uh, yeah, unless someone wants to correct me. Uh, but yeah, let's kick it straight in. Um, they had the meeting about the Premier League on Friday. Um, we've been told we're going to have to wait the next Friday um, to find out a decision about when the Premier League comes back. But um, there's been some other stuff that's happened. Um, Standard Chartered releasing some stuff and then the club having to backpedal. Um, so guys, uh, Tim, I'll start with you, man. Um, we're still waiting for the Premier League and what's going to happen. Uh, what do you... What do you reckon to this whole situation? Yeah, I mean, it sounded like they had a meeting to have another meeting. They had a meeting <laughs> to schedule the next one. And I feel like Premier League is doing what they did with VAR. They're kind of like sitting back and watching and almost like seeing what other people do. They did the same thing with VAR. It took like a whole season to just watch and observe and see if they can learn from the mistakes. That didn't pan out very well, but still, hopefully this will. I mean, I think like they're looking at the French League example, for example, and seeing like how the reaction is because now, you know, like there might be like some losses there from certain clubs and stuff like that. So, and obviously as we wait more, we have more information on, you know, how the virus is reacting, you know, the curve and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's kind of smart to not just come out and like throw out like a, I mean, do they really have to make a decision right now? Not necessarily. So I think they're kind of like taking their time and making sure they make one decision and that's one that they have to change like a week later. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny because, you know, we're, we're hearing a lot of conflicting reports and there's a lot of stuff coming out in the media. And there's, there was one thing in particular that happened on Friday or was it yesterday? I'm not too sure. Um, Standard Chartered um, put up a, a, a page with a countdown to a game against Everton on June 16th. Now they put it down as a technical mistake. I know what it takes to build a website. That, that's not a mistake. Um, Katie, you're a journalist and blogger. You, you write for Goal.com. Um, what are your thoughts on on the whole standard chartered technical mistake? Uh, I feel like, I don't know, it's a bit of a, a catastrophe, but I, from, I don't know, from an optimistic point, a fan's point of view, I feel like that is not so bad to have happened just because at least there's somebody thinking about a potential return date, even if it's like, you know, um, a fluke, or if it, was, if, it was, if it was a mistake, it's based on potential discussion about when it could come back. And I know the initial, like, they've postponed it so many times. It was first beginning of April, end of April, and then May, and then now June, potentially. And I yeah. feel like that is even a very optimistic idea of when it could all come back. But, I mean, we don't even know which in which manner the football would come back. But I feel like, I don't know, I think it's kind of a good, bad omen, just because it's it's a date and we don't know what kind of date it is but it's something that was probably like you know thought up by some people of like over there um about a potential insurance i feel like i don't know i i am in the camp thinking that it's good to have had a date instead of like no date at all even if it's like a like a massive you know um horrible mistake on their end yeah i mean that's the thing i mean to, to build a page like that it takes a lot of work exactly. um, and you don't just do that for fun 
Uh, that's obviously been commissioned. And, and I think the technical mistake that they're talking about is the person hit launch instead of save when they were working on the page. Um, but it made me so happy. It, it, it gave me a bit of hope as a fan that, okay, we might get some football back, especially after hearing um, so many other leagues had cancelled. Totally. Um, I was, yeah, like, I was very, you know, sad about the Dutch league's um, yeah. decision. It, like, even though the clubs um, all voted not to avoid the season and they just did it anyway. Um, I mean, like, I, I, I was taken back to um, when Coutinho was about to move to, to Barcelona and then on the Nike page, um, they had yeah. his shirt um, come up and everyone thought it was like, you know, a mistake. But then it's like, you have to have people to have made that kit and then coded it to come up on the site. Like, it wasn't just like a random mistake. It was like planned. Um, and that was obviously the first sign about um, Coutinho leaving yeah. uh, Liverpool for, for Barcelona. And like, I feel like something like a mistake like that isn't, you know, so like careless. Like it's a lot of thought was put into it. Yeah. Well, I, I somebody, think yeah. I mean somebody had to come up with that date. It's not like I mean I oh, can yeah. understand posting the page was a mistake, but yeah, why the yeah. hell are you sitting down and making a page that's not going to be posted? Like it would yeah. be like me working on stuff that I'm never going to post. It doesn't yeah. make sense. So and, like, I mean, it, it, it was a random date either. Yeah, and also yeah, so, it's obviously like the next team that we're supposed to have faced um, if the season hadn't been postponed. For me, the the one that really st- the thing that stuck out about that page was the countdown timer. Because yeah. that's a very specific thing. I mean, you could throw a page up uh, and just have a date and the game and, and the Premier League or whatever, and you could probably get away with it. But the fact that there was a countdown timer added to it, that for me sort of says, okay, this is real. The Premier League have already made the decision. Um, and they've, they're, they're basically just putting it all together so that next Friday they can announce this is what we're doing. Yeah, so, I, I've, I've, I've every faith that they have much, they, that they've... Um, discussed far more than they've made public um, i mean there's there's word coming out as well that they're talking about um you know behind closed doors and they'll select maybe you know a few football grounds neutral grounds to use yeah i saw that Um, one too yeah i mean i mean it would make sense to be in the south maybe around london i mean there's some really good stadiums down there um i mean you've got wembley you've got the olympic stadium there's the emirates there's a new spurs stadium Mm -hmm. um i mean there's four all within close proximity of each other that yeah. would be perfect for this kind of thing. I mean, it's it's if you think about it, it's almost like a mini Euros or World Cup, but it's yeah. on league teams. And and I know some people would have been a bit gutted that we couldn't like lift the potential league at Anfield. But then also there was no guarantee that we could have done it at Anfield. Like there was talk of you know winning it at the Etihad or like True. at Every Bridge. So there was even no guarantee back when the world was normal that we could have done it at Anfield. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I think it's I I think. The whole thing with winning the trophy, I think it's because it's been so long. I mean, I, I'm 42 years old, um, and it's it's been 30 years, you know, since I've been a, since I've been a kid. And, I, and for me, yes, I would love to see them lift it at Anfield, but here's I don't care. Yeah, as long as we lift it. And like, I feel like they would lift it at Anfield at, at some point, not yeah. immediately, but probably very, very. I'm very sure they would do it down the line once it's all safe to do so. Exactly. Well, when the, the stadium opens up again, and hopefully that will be the start of next season, mm-hmm. you know, um, touch wood. But uh, um, that would be a beautiful way to start the new season for the team to arrive with the trophy. For sure. You know, um, I'm definitely about that. Tim, what are your thoughts on, on sort of the behind the closed doors thing and that kind of idea of, you know, four or five, even maybe more uh, neutral grounds? It kind of goes back to what you're saying. It's better than nothing. I mean, that's really all it is. It's better than nothing. Um, the whole 
the danger of like the season being null and void, which I don't think it will happen in Premier League. There's so much more at stake compared to you know, like like Katie was saying, like the Dutch league. Yeah. Uh, but it's better than nothing. Let's just get it out of the way. All we need is to, all we need is to be able to get in a couple of games, and the rest is all good. So, uh, like I said, I mean, it won't be the same. Uh, let's face it, though. I mean, we're hungry for the game right now. So any kind of football, I don't care if it's behind doors, they could be in my backyard. It doesn't really matter. We're just going to like watch yeah. it. I'm so hungry for it. And like I say, it would be better than nothing. It will get it out of the way, get this kind of like these dark clouds gone and kind of like sick of hearing these, you know, bitter fans about <laughs> not official asterisk and all that kind of shit. So it would be better than nothing. You won't have the same maybe joy and excitement, blah, blah, blah. But it's something and it will kind of like seal the deal, which is really all we need at this point to kind of like the momentum obviously got stopped. So, yeah, I mean, I like the, I mean, the idea of, of doing it on the French model um, and taking it as a points thing. I mean, we can talk about our opposition fans and them talking about it being a tainted title. There's nothing tainted about it. We were 25 points ahead and absolutely obliterated everyone in front of us. Um, this is not a tainted title by any stretch of the imagination. You know, it, there there was a very good chance that that game against Everton would have won us the title, depending on City's result. You know, um, so, it, it, you know, we were literally one to two games away from lifting that trophy. There's nothing tainted about it. You know, whether whether we finish the season or not, nobody was going to catch us. Yeah, I'll, I'll take any title. Us. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so, but yeah, um, moving on, um, I think we're pretty sort of helpless, helpless right now when it comes to sort of anything when it, regarding the Premier League. We just have to sit back and wait. Uh, one thing we can get involved in is transfer rumor. Uh, and I've seen a lot of talk about uh, a Mr. Tim Werner, who has been on our radar, well, I think on Liverpool fans' radar for a long time. Um, and we're seeing more and more there's been a lot of talk even from January but now it just seems to have really ramped up there's talk that he's he's no chance he's going to Barcelona or Bayern Munich um, and we're really the only place he wants to go um, Katie being a journalist um, being in that world um, I'm sure you've got a bit more information on that than we do I mean it's all up in the air right now like he's saying he doesn't want to play for Bayern but he's also not ruled out going to another Premier League, possibly Arsenal, Man United, but I feel like it's all a game, you know, it's yeah. who can, you know, offer up the best um, deal or like make it the most inst- like enticing transfer, but he's made it no secret that he um, admires Jurgen Klopp. Um, and I feel like he would fit in quite well. Um, yeah. He's playing a game. It's, it's always a game, but, and we'll never know up until like it happens. And he's been flirting with, you know, loads of other clubs yeah. and like not um, wanting to commit, but uh, I feel like he would slot into the team really well. Um, I like as much as our front three has so much, you know, praise, it's, it's not, it doesn't give me much confidence when one of them um, is injured or needs to come off. And then we have not, not to, you know, I love Divock with all my heart, but it's not, you know, a boost of confidence for me, at least when he's our first, um, you know, backup forward. And then when you get to Lalana being the only attack um, to sub in, it's, it doesn't inspire much. Um, so I, I, I would love for a team to come, but it's, it's all, you know, it's all up in the air still. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's a couple of players being touted and, and, and I mean, the main names involved are, are Werner, uh, and Sancho. Um, and, and I think, you know, it, it would be a, a one or the other kind of deal. 
I don't I can't see us buying two more forwards um, and, and having that kind of competition. Whether Sancho would want to come and sit on the bench, I don't know. Um, is Werner going to sit on the bench? Um, it, we, we don't know. It, it's hard to tell. Uh, to mention, you're, you're. What do you think, man? Who, who would you rather have, a Werner or a Sancho? A Sancho. I think I would rather have Timo. I really don't see, unless somebody is leaving, I would not see us signing Sancho. Just due to the money, number one. And two, I mean, I think he has more options. When you look at Timo, I mean, he's more going to consider when he's trying to pick a club. And I agree with Katie. I mean, it's just, these are like agent games. If he comes out and says Liverpool are bust, I mean, what is Liverpool's incentive to give him more money? So it's just a kind of like a game you play to kind of like keep the interest high so you keep your price high. But I mean, ultimately, I'm assuming there will be other clubs that will be willing to pay him more. Oh, yeah. You know, the hell with the the wage structure, like a team like United who is more desperate and stuff like that. So in Timo's case, I think he's making a decision between, do I want to go into this environment, play with Klopp, his boy Nabi is over here, um, and obviously it's a successful club that's going to win more trophies. Or does he want to go into these possible one of these more like a project like on the move teams and more money? Like which one is going to make him more happy and stuff like that? Where he's probably in those teams, he's going to start guaranteed compared to you know coming to Liverpool. And obviously it depends on what they tell him behind the scenes in terms of. I mean, when he comes here, will we change our formation? Will we try to work yeah. from you more to midfield, maybe to create room for Timo? Like a lot of factors. I mean, I would personally have Timo. I don't watch a lot of Bundesliga, but when we had Nabi deal where he was definitely going to come, I ended up watching a lot of their games. So obviously got to watch him play with Timo and like the chemistry there is amazing. Yeah. So I think it would be huge. Uh, and like Katie's saying, I mean, even if he's coming off the bench, what an option to have to bring that guy in. He's one of those guys that's like a natural scorer too. So, yeah, I mean, I would rather have that. I think Sancho is coming with already existing baggage, it feels like. Yeah, there's a, there's a, lot, of, there's a lot of hype around him. <laughs> and we know what happens when players come in with a lot of hype. Yes. You know, um, and what, that's the thing, Katie. Uh, Tim... Tim mentioned something there, um, the Naby Keita thing. Now, it's it's no secret that Naby hasn't exactly hit the ground running with us. Um, he's shown some some real brilliance at times, but he hasn't been consistent. Do you think that maybe plays into a little bit of, of the move for Timo, looking at how much Naby has struggled? I don't think so. I mean, a lot of Naby's problems have been injuries, um, yeah. and they're different players, and they've come from different... Um, I don't know, they, they, they play different places, but I feel like Naby... I don't know. I think he, again, what um, Tim said, like the, the pressure on him to perform maybe did impact him because he didn't hit the ground running. Um, but he's improved so much um, as he's been at the club longer. Um, so I think a key thing is if the player is able to have patience. Like, I feel like if he, if one of them chooses to go to Liverpool, they won't, like, they'll, they'll, I think, like, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they'll understand that, that they won't be a shoe in for a spot in the X1 yeah. immediately just because of Salah from, you know, and Mane. So I'm hoping that if they have that, you know, self-awareness, they won't, they'll be able to like kind of like hone in um, and work on the team for longer, for, 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 for long, for, for, for longer instead of, you know, expecting that they um, excel um, right when they arrive. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing as well. Everybody's talking about the front three and everybody's talking about, you know, Werner, Sancho and, and other players. Kai Havertz, I think, is in the, uh, in the mix as well. 
Um, for me, uh, I think where we're lacking backup the most is at the fullback positions. Um, more so Trent than Robbo, but uh, I, I think those are two positions that we really need to strengthen. And I think we miss Trent and Robbo more than we miss the likes of, of Mo in that up front, I think. Yeah, um, especially if, if, if Trent is going to um, move upfield um, yeah. pretty soon, which I feel like he will. We'll need some you know, good backup for him. I, I think Trent will probably eventually take over that Henderson position. Yeah. Um, because he, he takes up similar sort of positions anyway. Uh, Hendo likes to pull out to the right and, and whip those diagonal balls in. And, and it's a similar sort of ball that, um, that Trent has been, has been doing as well. So uh, they, they take up those similar sort of positions. And, and I think that's, that's probably going to be the eventual movement for him, similar to, to Stevie's development. Um, yeah. you know, but I, I, he's such an effective player in that, that wingback role. That, do you want to lose that? For sure. And I also think they feed off each other. Like they're like, they kind of marry each other on opposite flanks and they're yeah. the ones who like drive the balls up forward. Um, and they, they really are like each other's um, left to right counterparts, which, and I feel like if, even if, you know, Trent moves up, um, they'll need to find a fitting replacement to, you know, mirror Andy's movements. Well, that's, that's even, um, I had a conversation with my mate Dan the other day and, and we were talking about um, if hypothetically um, we had to lose either Mane or Mo and replace them or whatever, who would we prefer to lose? I don't like the question. And, and that was kind of like, whoa, um, n- neither. But we were talking about, you know, not just them as the players, but the tactical side of the team. And we were talking about how Manny and Mo, because they're, they're right-sided and left-sided wingers on opposite flanks, where they cut inside. And that creates so much space for Robbo and Trent. Now, if we go and buy a right winger who's right-footed, He's not going to cut inside like Mo does. It's not going to give Trent that space up on the right-hand flank. The same thing with Mane on the on the right and pulling in and allowing Robbo to run, you know? Um, so, yeah, again, it's finding those inverted wingers mm-hmm. uh, to, to replace those things. And and Warner is a right-footer, isn't he? I think he's a right I think he's a righty, but um, and I think he. We talk about Mo and Mane, but I, I think him and Bobby, um, as far as players and um, how they uh, fit into the squad and how they play within the squad, are very similar. Uh, I noticed Warner likes to drop, has dropped very, very deep a lot of times for for Leipzig, um, and and it's very similar to the movement that Bobby does allowing sort of the wider players to, to come in centrally as he drops deeper and pulls the defenders out. Um, so, uh, yeah, again, it, there's so many different variables that we have to take into it. It's always for us to sit here and be like football managers uh, and be like, oh, I'll just buy this player and buy that player and just put them all together and it'll work. Um, it's, it's really not like that at all. Um, we have to think about the whole thing because this team is a unit. You know, look how hard it's been this year to pick our player of the season. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's on such a, an even level. Yes, Hendo's just edging it. But if we went on performances of everybody through the season, there's arguments for everyone. You know, uh, and I think that's that's what made us um, such an effective force is we are a team. Yes, we have individual talents within the team, but we're probably one of the most cohesive teams around at the minute. Um, be able to, I think that's one thing like you know, club likes too is bringing in players that you know who can play multiple positions so yeah. that you need to change because you don't want to just stay the way they are just because it's working. Because 
you know, teams are watching you, trying to come up with ways to stop you. If somebody was able to stop you, they're kind of like trying to mimic what they did to stop us and stuff like that. So you got to have alternatives. You're going to be able to change. Uh, that's why I think it's important to bring somebody in this whole you know, obviously, like the virus thing, along with the money complications it brings, is I yeah. think the main issue. Like, our team's still gonna go out and spend money with so much unknown in you know what's gonna happen in the next two three months, even for yeah. next season. Uh, that's gonna be the bigger issue, I think. Who's gonna really take the risk to sign somebody for a hundred mil who might not play exactly. for you know a year? And you know. It kind of works Unless you're in Madrid. favor the most because we're not a club that goes out and spends randomly. I mean, usually the people we sign is being watched for a while. It's kind of kept quiet. That's the only thing that scares me about this Timo thing because it's been going around for so long that, yeah. you know. But, uh, and not to mention, we already have a solid team, whereas with no, you know, huge needs. Whereas, you know, all our competition, obviously, you can see from the point difference, they they have needs. They got to improve. So it kind of works in our favor, I think, because I don't know how adventurous some of these clubs are going to be in terms of going out and spending money with not knowing what the near future brings. Yeah, we, we have the advantage of, of that big night deal coming in. Um, but... I think we we actually have a, an ownership that are smart enough, uh, business wise, not not to put themselves in trouble. You know, they they kind of went hard early with with spending big money and and you know players like Andy Carroll and and all that sort of stuff. But uh, they've learned a lot in, in their ten years with us, or almost ten years or whatever it is. And and, and I think it, it's we're now at a point where um, I think we're as a club the strongest we've ever been. Um, both on the pitch and in a business sense. Um, you know, um, they've already put back the, the work on Anfield, obviously, because of the pandemic. Um, but everything else they're doing, uh, all the problems we've had before, uh, they just seem to be riding the wave. You know, no matter what comes along, whatever problem comes along, this ownership seems to be able to, to find a way to fix it because they're willing to listen to the fans and everything else. Um, and when it comes to sort of spending money, um, there's been a lot of complaints about them spending money, but when we've had to spend it, we've spent it. You know, we broke world records for defender and a goalkeeper. Um, yet we're still seen as, uh, the, the owners are still seen as not spending money from a certain section of the fans. Um, I'm sure we'll hear plenty from them over the summer. Um but yeah, that'll, that'll lead nicely into this new kit deal. Um, a lot of pictures have been dropping uh, about new kits, a lot of mock-ups. Um, but I think the home kit looks like it's set in stone um, from a lot of the pictures we've seen. Uh, Katie, what do you think of this new kit, the new, the new home kit? We're looking at the home kit with the green trim on the yeah. collar, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, I... I, I wasn't thrilled when I when I first saw it just because <laughs> yeah. I I was wondering where the dream where the, where, where the green came from, um, but someone pointed out that it was it was taken from the crest, uh, which sure yeah. that's that's nice. Um, I don't know. I feel like once it's on a player, I'll I will obviously love it. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 cool. I think <laughs> um, I I I like I'm seeing like the mockups of the away kit and the, and the third kit. Um, yeah, I mean, as, as, as long as, um, yeah, that's, yeah, 
All right. <laughs> the, that's the best, the best diplomatic answer I've ever heard in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 all I I I feel like I have to say on okay. the the new kid. Well, let, let's get real about it. I hate the collar. <laughs> I hate it. I don't like that thing at the back. Um, I, I don't understand it. I don't know what it's about. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, think, I, I think just the the green threw me off because it's just like a random you know uh, hue to use for a kit. Yeah. Well, for me, um, the green is a good thing. Being an, Ari- being an Irishman uh, and knowing that, that, that Ireland is such a big part of, of the Liverpool thing and the green is obviously a note to that. Um, now, this green on this kit is obviously from the badge. Um, yeah. And I think that did throw a lot of people because they're like, where did this green come from? And then you're like, but have you seen the badge? And people go, oh, now it makes sense. Um, but yeah, Tim, I know the business you're in, man. You, you work with... Um, jerseys and shirts nearly every day what do you think of it uh i mean I, like katie says it's liverpool so part of you is gonna like it i was not big on it i like the green as well i think it's you know like as a cool accent to it but yeah that color's gotta go uh but i'll be honest like most of the jerseys that i buy is always the second or third you can only have so many red jerseys so usually you know every season i probably buy at least one jersey and it usually ends up being like the second or third one and stuff like that so yeah i wasn't too thrilled with the design and it's kind of hard to tell there's so many mock-ups out there and a lot of more like ones that i liked more i should say yeah. um but i mean and that's why even in our social media accounts i kind of like don't like sharing those but man these two were all over the place for so long that it feels like these are the real deal uh, compared to all the other ones that you only saw like an image for like one day and then it disappeared and like another one popped up like the next day. So um, not a huge fan of it in terms of appearance, but hey, it's Liverpool, who cares? Uh, we just like the team that's wearing it. So once, you know, like Katie says, once they're wearing it and, you know, Mane is running to the sideline after a goal, that jersey yep. was sweet. <laughs> Well, here's the thing: the away kits. I, I, I'm the thing. I, I love, I love a black, I love a black kit. I've yeah. always been a fan of the black kits. So when Liverpool drop a black kit, I have, I have to have it. You know, um, but uh, I'm a big fan of a ridiculous and over the top third kit. I'm a, anybody that knows me, uh, you just have to look at my profile picture and how my beard is. You'll know I like bright colors. Um, and the thing is, I saw one recently. Uh, it was black with pink trim yes and i was like i'm about this i'm, I'm so about this uh, that's a really nice one um i saw another one as well i think it was the yellow one with the big liverbird crest on the did you see that one in print yeah it looked like a goldie jersey i'm not a big yellow jersey fan <laughs> i i think when it comes to yellow in liverpool it has to be that super bright um, yeah back from like the 80s do you remember the the, the yellow with the pinstripe red crown yeah, yeah. I, I would kill for another one of those. Um, I was kind of hoping Nike would come along with one of those, but um, and I saw someone had made a mock-up of it, and I was like, I was so about it, but apparently that was a an Adidas design, so we probably won't get it. <laughs> so that's the thing. I think you know that's why I've seen the other two so many times. Either they're really good at spreading that rumor, or those are the real deal. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, there were so many mock-ups online that, you know, most of them looked cool. Obviously, somebody's putting time into it to create it because they think it looks cool. So, um, but yeah, like the red one with the green, apart from the color, I think it looks pretty cool. 
that color is a mystery, especially the back. Yeah, Even the yeah. front looks odd, but then you did the same thing on the back. But like I say, as long as the boys are wearing it, I don't think it's going to matter. Exactly. And that, that's the thing. It's, a, it's, it's subjective. You know, no matter what kits we drop, there's going to be a kit that I love that you don't. There's going to be a kit that you love that I don't. It really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's the team that has to wear it. You know, um, and people are going to buy the kit regardless. So just because they support a club, I do it. I bought a load of kits that I hated just because it's a Liverpool kit. You know, um, <clears throat> I don't like super plain, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's like I, I want them to be ridiculous. But um, and I was kind of hoping something, hoping that the third kit, because I know Nike have been, been sort of dogged with this template kind of thing. And they're just giving templates to teams and they all have the same kits. And everybody's hoping that they'll go out of out of their way for us this year. But yeah, know. I I did see a, a Nike I think PR rep say that they were going to um, stray out of the templates for our kit. Yeah, but I don't know if that's uh, it's going to be you know executed that way. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see if any other kits um, from other teams arrive with this weird collar. Um, maybe <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm 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 obsessed with this collar. It's almost like. Did they, I don't know, did, did they get it back to front and then went, oh, let's just leave it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, the, um, the back is just, I don't know what it is. It, it, it doesn't make sense to me, but hey, it is what it is, and we'll see what happens when they drop. I'll buy it anyway. Yeah, you know? I'll still buy it. <laughs> um, yeah, other news. Uh, this week, um, 40 years ago, Ian Rush signed for the club. Greatest goal scorer of all time, in my opinion. We can talk about whatever, but... For me, Ian Rush is one of the best strikers that ever played the game. Um, and he never gets the recognition that he deserves outside of Liverpool because he played for Wales when Wales were shit. So um, he never made it on the international stage. And in a similar vein to sort of George Best, George Best sort of never really got, well, now he does, but back then he wasn't getting the plaudits because he played for Northern Ireland. Um, and nobody had heard of Northern Ireland apart from bombs back then. So... You know, um, also, uh, we lost um, a great player uh, uh, and another Irishman in, in, in Robbo Robinson um, last week. So, uh, RIP with that, and the thoughts are with the family there. But uh, I want to move on to something um, a little bit away from the Liverpool thing. Um, and there's been a lot of talk, uh, and obviously, court cases this week regarding the uh, women's national team. Uh, the U.S. women's national team and the pay argument. Uh, should they be getting paid as much as men? All this sort of stuff. Um, I'll come to you first, Katie. Um, I'm sure you've been following it pretty closely. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the actual decision and the fallout from that? I mean, it's it's a massive letdown. Um, and I find it embarrassing. And it's just, um, I don't know, It's I, I was really disappointed. I don't, I don't, I, I don't think I was braced for that decision I thought there would be some um justice but I just um when I when I read the news I was I was devastated and, and I think it's an embarrassment um and it's so awful and I just felt very let down um because I've been covering this for a long time yeah. um I am in the camp that women should be paid more just because they've won more um and just I think it was just horribly unfair and I know that they're um they're appealing the decision and like I've yeah. I've been reading about the responses from the women and how they're not going to back down and how they're going to, you know, fight until the very end. Um, but I am disappointed about, you know, the men not doing their part um, in 
speaking out about it. And I know they must be, you know, um, told not to talk, not, not talk about, you know, an ongoing court case, but I just felt very disappointed. And, and, I, and I feel like the women are very alone and they've been so alone in this fight. Um, they've had no support from their male teammates, from their national teams or their counterparts or any coaches or like really any former players. I feel like the only male athlete who's high profile, who's been on the, who's been backing them is Andy Murray and he's not even American. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen any American player. And he plays tennis. Exactly. And he's a tennis player. He's not even, you know, in this industry of yeah. uh, soccer. And I just felt very um, let down. Um, and it's all, it's all like the whole the terms about it are, are, are just awful. It's, it's like, it's like, you know, the women won more um, trophies and tournaments. Therefore, you know, they, they got paid more in terms of award money, but it, it, does, it doesn't work like that. You know, yeah. that's not how they are um, measuring the pay gap. And I just found it very unfair and just embarrassing on everyone's parts. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And and there's a lot of arguments against. And like you said, there's the, the whole thing. Well, they get paid more for this game, but they won a tournament. You know what I mean? Of course, they're going to get paid more in, in that. But when it comes to the side thing of the incentives and the bonuses, the men's are astronomical compared exactly. to the and, and I think it all boils down. And there's, there's going to be a lot of the argument of men against women. And, oh, the women's game isn't as good or it isn't watched as much as the men's game. But the problem being is with the men, and it's kind of almost in a similar vein to the Me Too movement, there was a lot of women that, that had come out and spoke up about sexual assault. Um, and what helped that movement was a lot of men stepped up and backed them in this. Yeah. You know, there was also a lot of men that sort of slumped away into the shadows and went, oh, wait, am I one of these guys? For sure. You know what I mean? But I think when it comes to something like this and on a national stage like this, um, there has to be support from everyone. There has to be support from the men for the women's game. And the reason the women's game isn't taking off on a commercial standpoint is because there's still this opinion that the women's game isn't as good as the men's game. For sure. You know, and it's, um, it's, it's always about if you, if you put enough work and um, funds and, you know, if you finance it right, obviously it would have more of a chance to be as successful. But if you don't, obviously it's never going to, you know, um, yeah. ever stack up to the men's game. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you, you know, you put one of the U.S. women's players up against one of the male players in a straight race. Nine times out of ten, the guy's going to win the race. But we have to look at this. Like, there's the World Cup in the summer. Now, I, I'm not particularly a big fan of international football. Um, I just, it, it seems disjointed to me a lot of the time. But I had more fun watching that Women's World Cup with all my friends here in, in Knoxville than, I, than I've had watching a lot of other tournaments. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what it's about. It's entertainment. You know, we're supposed to be entertained watching these games. Um, we're not, I'm not expecting, you know, to see um, another Lionel Messi. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm just looking to be entertained. Oh, that game was 5-4. Great. I enjoyed that. Much better than watching a boring nil-nil. For sure. You know, uh, Tim, what do you think, man? I think the issue is I'm going to probably take the kind of like the other camp on this, but you're going to be the bad guy. Is, yeah, <laughs> I'll be the bad guy, I guess. Hey, if you can all use a change. Um, yep. But I think the, the thing that works against the American women's team is what happens globally. I mean, this is like States is the exception to the rule yep. where mainly, I mean, partially due to the success they've had, but I mean, women's 
soccer is so organized here. I mean, I, I have two girls, they both play soccer. Um, and, and you know, the little one still is the other one is in college now, but, um, it's so organized and it's so well ahead of like any competition out there. And obviously that brings a lot of success and they're very successful. And that's why they get a lot of following over here because it's so organized throughout youth and stuff like that. They get more audience because of the success and because of the following all this infrastructure and stuff like that. But the bad thing is it's the exception to the rule. So when you go and you look at FIFA and, you know, and how the money is allocated, there is so much more money allocated to the men's team only because of the money it generates. It's just simple economics, it's supply and demand. Over here, the, I mean, I, you know, I've been in Turkey, obviously where it's almost, I think they have one now, but it's pretty much non-existent, more like a culture thing too, the women's team, but I've been in the UK and stuff like that. And I mean, you can see even like the Liverpool, like the Liverpools, you know, like they're not as um, like popular. It's almost like a side act and stuff like that. So yeah. they don't generate as much money. I mean, when I've been in a couple of discussions and like, I like pulled up some numbers. I mean, that's why it kind of, hurts the women's team here because like i was looking they in 2015 when they won the tournament the money that the team got was two million and this is from obviously from fifa whereas the the men's team when they made it to that round of 16 they got nine million so and the winner that year i think got like 38 million or something like that so the money that FIFA allocates is so much more than how do you go and turn around and tell the you know men's team well you guys are generating more money but you're not going to get paid as much. So you know the the coin would be flipped there, and I think that's like the main issue because this is the exception to the rule. Having said that, I don't think the discrepancy should be so high, but it shouldn't be because of like the success they've had. If you look at, you know, the most of the arguments, like Katie is making a totally different argument than most of the arguments I've heard is yeah. because, oh, they win more. Well, that doesn't, that shouldn't matter. If they win more or not, I don't think should matter or should go into the equation. So what happens in five years, they start losing, are we going to take the payback? That should not be the issue. It should be how much interest they generate. And in this country, they're a better ambassador for the sport than the men's team. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, and, that's the thing. I mean, if you think about it, um, the women's national team has only been around since 1985. You know, it, it's it's almost you know as a as a as a professional um, international football team. Um, you know, they've only been around for 30 years, 35 years, um, compared to the men's game that has been professional since well, well, well before we were born. You know, so it, it's. Um, it's an interesting sort of argument. Um, I think a lot of the issue, uh, and Katie, I want to come back to you here. Um, do you think a lot of the issue is to do with um, the actual players themselves? Um, I know, you know, I'm a big fan of Megan Rapinoe. Um, I, I, I like her as a person and I like what she stands for. But a lot of people um, don't look too favorably upon her and the fact that she's very um, outspoken when it comes to the game uh, and especially for women. And I think that's a good thing. Um, do you think that could be part of the problem here? I think there is a lot of misogyny just around, um, just based on um, individual players, especially like you said, um, Rapinoe. Um, she gets a bad rap for being very confident um, yeah. and they call her arrogant and, um, yeah. you know, conceited. 
Um, but it's not like they say this thing about Cristiano Ronaldo, who is, you know, the most confident player in male sport, probably. They call him the GOAT and, you yeah. know, the most amazing player of all time. And his, com- and his arrogance is confidence and he deserves to be, you know, proud of, of how good he is. But when um, Megan, you know, says not, I, f- I feel like she doesn't, you know, um, talk about herself the same way. But even when, like, every time she is, you know, um, proud of her accomplishments, she gets taken down with these, you know, comments that she's so arrogant, that she's yeah. like, you know, that she, that she, like, why is she so, like, you know, full of herself? Um, and it's just, it's not fair. Um, but I also feel like she's so important to have um, as a player just because she is so outspoken on so, yeah. so many things. Like, she used her, um, she used so many of her, like, you know, award speeches for her individual trophies um, to, you know, advocate for um, better pay. And she was speaking out for, you know, um, LGBT footballers and just, yeah. you know, being more, making the game more, more inclusive. And she always uses her platform to speak out about um, problems beyond the pitch, which I think well, is really great. Yeah, and I think I think that a lot of the the hate that that especially Megan gets um, is the fact that you know she's an outspoken gay woman in tech in in what's considered wrongly a man's world. So it's 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 kind of like the mindset that okay, well, um, she's kind of hot, but she's a lesbian, so she won't like me. Oh, so for sure. I, I think there's a lot of men are like, well, I don't like her. Yeah. You know, I think uh, so. I mean, and not only men, I think a lot yeah. of women as well. I mean, you know, when we talk about, you know, why this cause doesn't get as much support, that's part of it. And I agree exactly with Katie. It's just like a double standard. You know, her yeah. confidence is arrogance, but the other one's confidence. Like, the other one's arrogance is confidence somehow. So it's just like a double standard. And But, I mean, you almost, like, need someone like that uh, to be outspoken. You know, in any cause, there's yeah. going to be... A villain that's outspoken because things will have to be said it's just i feel like instead of going after the cause in terms of equality and like money i think the the push should be more about you know what they mean to the sports in this country and that's where the you know the money should somehow be generated for that because if the, the moment they bring the equality and economics into the equation I think it kind of works against them because they're the exception to the rule. You know, yeah. it's very easy for anyone to look to the other side and say, look, FIFA is giving us 20 for this. I'm just making up these numbers, but yeah. they're giving us five for you. So this gets divided from 20, this gets divided from five. Also, you know, you're looking at, you know, some of these guys now are playing in Europe and stuff and it, whatever league they're playing, their salary is higher than the women's game salary. So yeah. when they come to the national team, if you think about it, you're risking more as a men's player compared to the women's in terms of like the money you're risking and stuff like that. So I think that ideally for it to happen, I think the argument should not be economical and it should not be, you know, like, oh, we should get the same pay because, you know, we do the same thing. I think it should be like they do more. <laughs> I think that should be what should be pushed is the fact that they do more. And that's just only because of the success. Obviously, that helps. But like we say, I just see it every day myself. I've seen it over the years, you know, going to the games. Um, you know, they come, they interact a lot more with, like, travel teams and stuff yeah. like that uh, to get more fans. I mean, the women players go out of their way more to bring fans into soccer than men do. I mean, that's, I don't think that's even debatable in terms yeah, of I think I agree behind with that, the yeah. scenes. 
So in terms of what they bring to the support is I think what they should, you know, we should really push for them getting paid more as opposed to looking to the economical thing. Cause I think that's a lost cause when somebody tries to justify it, it's very easy to do with numbers cause they don't lie and they can easily say, well, FIFA allocates more. And let's face yeah. it, FIFA is never going to change that. Cause this is probably the only country I can think of where women's soccer is kind of bigger than men's soccer. Yeah, I just, I just, I just find it hard because it was only when um, the women's team won the their third World Cup that there was only this conversation brought to the public about maybe they should be paying more, like getting, getting, get, no, getting paid um, the same, and not when they first when they won their first one or second one. It was only when when they won their third one when people were like, oh, maybe they should be be, be paid the same as the men's, um, when obviously the men haven't been paid, haven't, haven't won any um, World Cup, um, and I just think it's. Um, like in part, their success has raised their, um, you know, their like like their success and their um, accomplishments have have allowed them to have such a an influence over um, of in sport. Like they're the most like they're by far the most successful team, um, women's team, and yeah. they wouldn't but they wouldn't have such an like have such an impact if it wasn't for their success. And but also their 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 success is like was their downfall in this in this court case because um, they like the the men hadn't um, qualified for the World Cup but the women yeah. did, therefore they got more financial compensation. And it's like, do the women just like, you know, so if the men had qualified, this wouldn't have been an issue. Um, but then like, what, what do the women need to do now? Like they, they, like if they win, then that's also their downfall. Yeah. I think that's, I think- that's part of um, the, the, it's twofold. I think if you, if you go on um, the thing with the men's team, the women's team being so successful, highlights how unsuccessful the men's team is exactly so it makes them look bad and then uh, on the second thing if they were if they won this court case or win the court case it blows like it blows everything wide open on the equality scale because you're going to have other sports and other women coming through and the courts and the lawyers to set these laws and everything else you know if they if they make a landmark decision to give women equal pay there's going to be lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. Now, that's a wrong thing. I, I don't care about lawsuits or anything else, but I can see why maybe it got shut down. And you I know? think like Katie says, I, part of the deal is that men's team being unsuccessful. Yeah. Like Katie's saying, like the third time is when they, honestly, I think the real anger came from when the men's team sucks so bad <laughs> and not qualify out of Northern America to go to the World Cup. That's when everybody turned around and said, look at them. They're constantly winning. I mean, I really think if they qualify the World Cup, this, you know, it would not even get the attention it's getting now. So them sucking as bad as they are is almost like, you know, helping the women's cause, I think, more. And to be honest with you, partially the pressure, that's why the men's team's pressure builds more and more and more because they're kind of like fighting against this because they have to show some freaking value of why they're getting paid more and all that kind of stuff. But I really think, you know, like you were earlier talking about like, the, I don't think the equality thing is, I mean, yes, obviously in all sorts of stuff, they, you know, should be equal. But when you look at the money coming in, you have to look at the money coming in. Cause I mean, would it be fair if you're bringing, just think of like salespeople. Okay. Yeah. If you're making a hundred million in sales and this person is making 10 million in sales, you're going to want to pay, you know, you will want to get paid more, right? Of course. Even if you're doing the same job, you're both doing sales, you're both going after clients. 
you're going to want to make more. So your base salary should be the same maybe, but yeah, ultimately, yeah. you know, the, you know, the one that's generating more income will get paid more. I don't know if you'll ever be able to justify, you know, you can make one side happy by making them equal, but then aren't you going to lose the guy that's making a hundred million in sales? Because he is like, why am I doing this now? But I think then again, that, that also then they lost that court case on a technicality because the men's team didn't qualify for the world cup. So technically the women got paid more, you know, so that it just, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I mean, I, I get that argument of, yes, we should look at the money coming in and the money that's being generated. But again, you know, the women definitely generated more buzz and more money over the summer with the world cup than the national, the men's national team. I mean, I don't see where that that can be an argument. But you not know, the money when, you, when you're FIFA. I mean, in terms of yeah. FIFA, yes, more people watching, yes, ratings, yes. The, but the money, like FIFA, just does not pay women's. Yeah, inequality is coming from anywhere. It's really coming from FIFA. But that's because, like I say, this country is an exception to the rule. Everywhere else, you know, obviously, men's soccer is you know generates so much more interest than money. Yeah, that's where the inequality comes from. The money that FIFA allocates. So even if you win. I can't remember what I think it was like four or eight or something like that million for the last World Cup winner yeah. for US, whereas it was thirty-eight for men. So you're not gonna flip that equality. So yes, it generates more buzz here. If anything, the thing I didn't like when I was kind of like reading through like their contracts and how they were compared, you know, their you know, how much they get paid per game. And obviously, you know, win, loss, draw and stuff, like why wouldn't that be equal across the board? Yeah. Uh, in terms of like how much they get paid per game, if they win, if they draw, if they lose. They were like in discrepancies there, which makes no sense to me. In terms of prize money, I can understand that. But like I say, in this country, in terms of what women do for the game, it almost like there should be an exception made somehow, but it shouldn't yeah. chase the economics of it. Because if you chase the economics of it, you end up at FIFA and how much FIFA gives, and that becomes a technicality, and you say, hey, this is what FIFA allocates, so it is what it is. I think, it, like I say, the focus should be and the cost should be more about what they do to the sport in this country compared to, you know, how much money they generate because they will generate less money from FIFA, but maybe not within the country. And that's, I think that's the biggest issue altogether is because we're talking about money. I mean, Katie, you know yourself, like during this pandemic, the talk has been either about health or money. You know, are you getting a stimulus check? Are you getting unemployment? Are you being furloughed? Do you still have a job? Can you pay your rent at the end of the month? It's all about money. Mm -hmm. It's all about economics. And I think that's kind of part of the problem because we're in America, because money seems to be at the forefront of absolutely everything that happens in this country. Uh, I think that's where it becomes a little bit different because, you know, when you look at the UK, you look at France, you know, France especially, uh, the women's game in France is super strong. Um, you know, it, it just, it's a different, I think it's a different world and a different worldview and a different view on the value of capitalism over everything else. For sure. Uh, and I think, um, I mean, you, you obviously, you know, it's something you've been following for a long time. Um, do you think that's probably um, a bigger issue than everybody's given credit for? I feel like, yeah, there's no way to, you know, um, allow equal 
pay in a capitalist society. Um, yeah. I feel like the the fight, like there, like there's a like what's what's there is the fight, you know, to make it um, fair and balanced. But you know, like we can't. There's there's no like the structural change and like that we want to see won't be implemented by by us. Like it's not up to us, you know. It's yeah. uh, it's a it's a it's a top down effort. Um, but I feel like the the fight is what's important, even though we we can't change anything. But it is it is disappointing to know that um, whatever you 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 want to do won't change much. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Not, nothing ever got, uh, no revolution ever started with peace. Yeah. You know, and you got to open your mouth. You got to, you got to have these conversations. You got to put it out there. Uh, and I think, you know, the fact that the conversation's out there, whether, whatever side you fall on, I'm sure we're probably going to get a bit of, you know, whatever on this and social media on this conversation because it is, you know, such a polarizing thing. And I, and I think um, it, that's a nice positive um thing to end on <laughs> um but yeah Less guys we, 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 <laughs> yeah 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 but um yeah uh katie thanks for sticking with us um welcome to american scouser um thank you so much for having me again thanks and um yeah hopefully we'll have you on again soon tim thanks mate thanks for being here and uh yeah uh check us out on instagram at American Scouser blog, same on Twitter. You can join the conversation on LFC America on Facebook. Uh, don't forget to check out AmericanScouser.com. Uh, yeah, and Katie's recent article uh, in regards to being an outsider going to Liverpool. Um, and yeah, um, you'll never walk alone. Thanks, guys. Uh,